Okay, so today we're going to talk about self-sabotage. Actually, this is part of a, um, of a trilogy, if you will. Uh, uh, 2019, I, I put together a course slash book. Um, it was called uh, Habits for Success, and it's published right now, right? And that was, I, I enjoyed it, made me study habits. In fact, I want to kind of tweak it. But so there was that, and it was about building habits to be successful. We all want that. Great. You know, uh, but what always happens when people get any kind of self-development, some people like take the course, read the book, listen to something, and they can just run with it. You know, people that go to like a Tony Robbins seminar or a Brandon Bouchard, you can go down the list, Deepak, mine, anybody's, and somewhere around 30, 40, 50%. They'll really radically change their lives from that point on and just whoosh, go into a different dimension, right? Um, or they, you know, even go back to like they'll watch The Secret or read The Secret or, you know, Earl Nightingale or uh, uh, Neville Goddard and boom, their life starts to change. But then there's the, I think that's a lower end, like maybe 20 or 30% actually get that fundamental shift after one thing. Many people will get a start of a shift. And the shift will be going on, and they'll, as we'd say in psychology, they regress back to the norm, right? They regress back to the norm, right? Because what we want to do is hit a peak, and when you regress, which if regression is going to happen a little bit, you want your peaks, you want it to keep going up, you know? Like in professional sports, you know, you, you get your base level next year, you want to be a little better and a little better and a little better. Uh, but a lot of us don't get that. And so that led me into... Uh, uh, thinking, well, what's next? So uh, I did a, a project called uh, Inner Power, right? And because um, when the lockdown started last year, uh, which we're coming up on an anniversary pretty soon, I, I started the butterfly experiment. So it gave me, because I was home, I'm not doing anything. Well, I'm doing a lot, but it's, it's all online. And thank God, I was uh, already doing 80% of the stuff I do live, right? that I was doing live, I was doing on Zoom, trainings, therapy, things like that. But I will admit, I just, some of you heard my horror story, I just opened a, a brick and mortar office not too far from me and was getting ready to launch that and, you know, spent like uh, lots of money on advertising and it was all starting to hit when they shut everything down, right? And uh, it can happen. But I was lucky, like I said, I was online. I could I, I could take everything online. I, took, I taught people that didn't know how to do stuff online. Uh, I could share with them my experience, strength, and hope with that. So anyway, it was fun, and I was doing that. So it started me thinking. So I started, you know, I took the habits for success and then built on that with inner power, right? Because, okay, you, if you know the habits, and a lot of us, what happens in the world of NLP and hypnosis and self-development in general, you get the knowledge right? The knowledge, but it doesn't translate into whether you want to call it personal power, like our dear friend, Tony Robbins, or inner power, or psychic, power, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't transcend and go through. So in, in inner power, I talked about, you know, when you look at the rich and royalty, why are they more successful, right? And even, even taken away, yes, they might have some, some built-in advantages. We've seen people that come from that kind of mindset be much more successful, right? And it's based on their values and beliefs and the way they think at the subconscious level. 
right? Because the great thing about subconscious is it's powerful. The bad thing is you're not conscious of it. So if you have a deep inner thing that's going to block you from being successful, you know, um, that's what we got to work on, right? So that's was inner power. So I talked about that, right? And and some people can do it, right? And success breeds success. I mean, there's all this cool stuff. I'm really proud of uh, that book is done. I got to get it edited. Uh, it's edited. It's ready. I just got to get it formatted to get it up and start selling it. Uh, and so let's say you do something, you go to a Tony Robbins or some other seminar, NLP hypnosis, you start getting change and you start noticing you regress back to normal, but you see other people jumping up, making these changes. Of course, that sells, set, makes you nuts. And then so you take the next thing. And so then you work on that. And so finally, so after Habits for Success and Inner Power, the, the, the trilogy, uh, the wrap up to the trilogy is stop self-sabotage, right? right? And so, and this is week one, I think I've got one, two, three, four. Yeah, I can do four. I'm gonna do four of these because then I'm on set. Um, so, on self-sabotage. So today is the symptoms of self-sabotage, right? We could talk about it, but what's interesting, like anything, if you have this, you may not be aware of it or you're aware of it, but you're, you're usually aware of it after you've, you've, you've sabotaged yourself, right? Uh, so, so today is the symptoms. And so, you know, how do you overcome self-sabotage? I think this, I, I like this new PowerPoint thing I found, right? Uh, so the first one is I'm easily amused, you know. And, uh, first of all, I'm a man. You know, secondly, we're usually easily amused. And, uh, but self-sabotage. So you need to become aware, become aware of it, right? And that takes self-intelligence to have the recognition skills to change the patterns. But first you have to be aware of it, you know? If you're not aware of it, it stops there. You know, you don't, you don't see, you don't know what you don't know. I should put that, that should be in there. I don't know, you don't know what you don't know. But once you do, you become aware, then you have to have the self-intelligence if you want to call that um, emotional intelligence or whatever the current buzzwords are, right? And part of that is just the recognition of your own patterns, right? And then to change those patterns, right? And most people don't have that because you're blind to them, especially if they're subconscious patterns, they're subconscious. Right? They don't come to your consciousness till you've blown something up or you've, or you've done something, right? So that's kind of where we're at. So what are you know, some of these patterns, if you will? What are some of the patterns of self-sabotage? And I'm not saying by any means, this is the complete list. This is just what I came up with, what I'm gonna work on because from coaching thousands of people through several different things, uh, you know, practice building, teaching NLP and hypnosis, and on the clinical side, my, the two things I worked with the most were addictions. That's my specialty. Uh, let me turn on this light. Addictions. And um, the other was like sports and performance stuff, right? So, what, so here are what I think are the main patterns, if you will, this, the, the self-sabotage. And there's no rank order. It's just that I think, you know. Um, but one is not being good enough, not good enough, right? If you have that underlying thing of not good enough, I'm not good enough, it's not good enough. And not good enough has a tendency to manifest as comparing your first try to an expert, 
right? Um, whatever it happens to be, you know, you write a book, your first book, right? Let's say you want to write fiction. So you write your first fiction book and it's pretty good. And you compare it to, you know, Stephen King, right? Or, or an expert, or you want to give a talk a, a, or the first, for most of us in my inner world, you compare your first hypnosis that you do with people to someone that's been doing it for 30 years, you know? This just happened to me at the last live conference I was at. Somebody came up, I want to be able to do what you do. How long have you been doing hypnosis and NLP? I started this year. Well, I've been doing this for damn near 40 years. I, I can speed up your development, but sometimes you just got to do the reps, son. You just got to do the reps, you know? So again, you compare your first try or two to an expert, or in my other world, acting, you know, your first play or your first film, um, and you compare it to someone that's been doing it a long time, right? And then, of course, then you'll you'll blow it up because I'm not good enough. And another way this you can you can kind of judge if you have not good enough, you're not you're not able to accept the compliment, right? You just can't say thank you and move on. You'll there'll be things later we'll talk about, but can you just accept a compliment? Right? Those are the big things. You compare yourself to experts, to people that have been doing it a long time. Uh, if it, if you do it, it's still not good enough. You you will point out the flaws. If somebody comes up and says, great book, you go, yeah, but it has, I need to, and I do this, I need to rewrite it. I need to update it. It's like, it's just a pretty good book. Leave it alone. Right? You know, I heard Stephen King one time on an interview say, you know, because somebody's asking him about his early books. He goes, I don't know. I can't read that crap. Right? Uh and he didn't mean it badly. He goes, I'll just pick it apart. I'll leave it alone. And he said, I, I can leave well enough alone, you know? And, and they talked to him about, you know, his first book that was really published was a book called Christine. Great book about the car that's terrorizing people. And, every, and he goes, it was such a good book. He goes, no, 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 no. That was not my first book. That was the first book I had published by a major publisher. I'd written like 10. So don't, you know, and uh, so it's, ah, oh, it was kind of interesting, you know? It's like when you see an, uh, Morgan Freeman, when he first hit the national stage as an actor, was in a movie uh, with um, Christopher Reed, and he played a pimp, kind of against tight now, but he was mesmerized. Everybody's like, overnight sensation, everybody's talking about him. He goes, I've been doing black theater and black movies for 25 years. You know, this isn't my first rodeo. It's the first time white people saw me is basically what you're saying. <laughs> you know, so again, uh, uh, so again, and we'll set it with like your first try or your first few attempts with an expert, forgetting that at one point they were where you are. But again, it, it, it's not, and part of that is you, you can't accept a compliment, right? And it's usually caused by well-meaning parents or authority figures. They want you to do better, right? You get a B, why didn't you get an A, right? You gotta, you know, it's like, and part of that you kind of understand, but it's that paradox of you wanna do better, but that stops you from just enjoying the good at times, right? And authority figures will push you, right? And of course it's used by media to get us to buy more. Right, because if you don't feel good enough, you'll buy the new, new, you know, the the new car, or the new whatever it happens to be. Right. 
So not good enough is one. The second one is downplaying accomplishments, right? So you get a goal that you've worked on, publishing a book, getting a black belt, losing weight, oops, sorry about that, losing weight, whatever it happens to be, you get your goal, right? You become a hypnotist, whatever it is. You automatically downplay it when people compliment you on it. Again, it kind of goes back to being a compliment. Well, anybody could have done it, da, 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 right? Or you automatically start saying it could have been better when you get an accomplishment, you know? Kind of goes back into that not good enough. Or it goes into anyone could have done it, right? And there's a difference between just saying anyone could have done it with you're basically projecting false humility, right? Uh, and again, this is usually well-meaning by authority, you know, parents, teachers, things like that. But if you think about it, the media creates a false dichotomy. We worship confidence, but we hate arrogance. You know, and I use a sports analogy. If you don't understand the sport, it's okay. But I, I kind of said it this morning when I was talking. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, an NFL quarterback in, in, in American football, at one hand, they'll talk about they love him because the, uh, he's the ultimate in self-confidence when he's playing the game. Nothing shakes him. He's calm. He's and They worship it, right? But then they'll talk about the time he was being interviewed late last year before this year started. And they were saying, your career is over. You've had an off year, da, 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 da. And he's like, well, you know, he understands that the media creates certain things and that they're going to pick on that. But he goes, underneath it all, my, my down year is a career year for 95% of the quarterbacks in the NFL. And some people love that statement, but immediately the media turned on him. He's arrogant. Right. And I loved it when they said he's arrogant and da da da. And then what does he do this year? You know, he's he's probably the MVP of the league, right? But it's that false dichotomy that we get as little kids. We worship self-confidence, but then when we see certain confident people, the media will destroy them in a way. You're you're arrogant. So how do you get that, you know, true humility, whatever 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 it is? You know, I should have added, I forgot my favorite statement. Humility is teachability and open mind to the truth. You know, uh, but anyway, so that's another one that we get. We downplay our accomplishments. Can you just say, yeah, I did that and just, or do you downplay it? Right. Do you blow things up first? This is a real big one in relationships. People have uh, uh, sabotaging relationships. You're thinking it's going to fail. So you blow it up first. I'll quit the job or a job. I'll quit the job because I know they're going to fire me. Right? So you blow it up. Right? And you miss appointments, you miss deadlines, you start fights because you somewhere inside you're you're going to sabotage you sabotage it because you think it's going to end anyway. Whether it's a relationship or a job or career or whatever it happens to do. Right? Another a big one is another one is when you, you you constantly replay failures over and over again, you know, and it really manifests itself as you're starting a new process or something you want to do, and you start thinking of all the failures of anything even close to it, right? I just did this with somebody about because the, they blew up all their relationships, and and this is what happens: they'd start a new relationship. It was a guy, uh, 
and which is interesting. Usually I don't get guys calling to work on their relationships. So it was kind of refreshing. But uh, and he goes, yeah, what always happens? We start getting close. I start thinking, well, she's going to cheat on me anyway. I'm going out tonight. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know, and he just he did. It was the old I don't want to be the dumpy. Right. And he had no he couldn't access success because he, he honestly never had a successful relationship. Right. Uh, interpersonal, the kind he wanted. Right. And he started seeing the world through the eyes of failure in that context. And we see people do it with business, with with whatever they're doing, relationships, things like that. And then it, it mainly it to me is the ultimate in victim mentality. You know, so it's just kind of interesting. Here's a fun one. They, and it kind of goes back to this one, replay failure, is you see the worst in others. You always see everyone through the eyes of suspicion, right? Which is interesting because at the same time, there's the paradox of, uh, you know, trust but verify, all these cool statements. But if you go, in, I mean, if you understand, and to me, if you understand the law of attraction, if you go in with that thinking, are you going to manifest it? You know? Um, whatever it happens to be, right? And it goes back to, I'll blow it up first, right? And again, if you overlay past into the present and the future, right? It's kind of interesting, kind of interesting, right? So, and another one that we have a tendency to do, a different type, you may have all of these or versions of them, or when you work with people, if, if it's not you, is you stop just short of your goals, right? You're afraid to go for it, right? What, yeah. And again, there's the paradox of accepting the status quo. I got something great. I want to celebrate it, but what's next? But what's next? What's next, right? So do you stop just short of your goals, whatever it happens to be? And a lot of this, I think, bubbles back down. A lot of this self-sabotage boils down to fear of being judged. Some people say, you know, it's about fear of success, fear of failure. I say, this is my world, so I'll just say it. Nope, it's fear of being judged, right? And it's in your DNA. It's actually in your genetic code, right? Because for most of millennia, if, if you got thrown out of your family or your tribe, you were dead. You had to get the, the approval and, and acceptance by your family or your tribe or your group, whatever it was, right? Because if you got thrown out, it was it. You were dead. The other tribes kill you. The animals killed you. So it's in your DNA, right? We like to talk about, oh, they're a lone wolf. That is rare. You know, and usually you always notice a lot of lone wolves want to create their own pack. Right? They, they, they don't truly want to be a lone wolf. They just want to be the lead wolf. There's a big difference. Right? And then once they start a new pack, they become this way. They don't want to be judged by their pack. Right? And so on, and in, in our day and age now, it's, it's still family, tribe, whatever you want to call it, and also friends. Right, the people that you associate with the most, right? Uh, 
So this, and again, this will go back to everything that we talked about, all these other things. If you have a fear of, uh, of being judged, you know, you, you, you'll, it'll, by others, especially friends and family, you know, could be you're not good enough. But again, you may downplay accomplishments when you're around these people because that group can't accomplish what you can accomplish. So you'll downplay it, right? Uh, you'll blow it up first, right? You, you'll start getting out, you're in this group and whatever it is, and it's pretty comfortable. And you start making changes so you can bloom, you can go do things. But that means you're going to have to leave that group. So you'll blow up the new thing, right? Uh, every time you start to step out of that group or that success group, you know, we call it the buddy board kind of thing, that thing, uh, you'll replay the failures, right? And anybody outside your group, you see the worst in, right? And it'll, it'll be easy to stop just short of your goals because maybe your group doesn't want you to succeed, right? And this one I can really, uh, you know, as, as you know, uh, coming from the addiction world, I said, I can get a witness, brothers and sisters of the Lord. I can witness, brothers and sisters of the Lord. You know, uh, if you're in a group of alcoholics and drug addicts and you start recovering and you start getting better, they're going to want to pull you back, right? So you'll, you know, you'll, you'll start to sober up and then you'll, you'll have a choice, right? Uh, and so, you know, you, what's the other saying? You may not rise to the level of your dreams. You will always fall to the level of your peers, right? And again, this goes back to being judged, right? And so, and we forget that we can get new groups. Uh, Miss East on this call, she, she, uh, 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 taught us a cool technique I use to this day. You know, those of us use uh, vision boards, right? You create your vision board and you put all your visions up there. And uh, she had a thing called the buddy board where you put people you want to associate with mentally in your group. Because maybe by where you are right now, your friends, your family, your environment, your work, all that, you, you, you know, you, you, they may not be the most supportive of you making this change. But what if you get a mental group of people that you hang out with, right? And you know, where mine's behind me, back there, you know. Um, so mine has people like on one side, you know, Elon Musk, Tony Robbins, um, Joe Vitale, Billy Blanks, uh, things like that. So that's that's a different mind, that's a different group. Those people wouldn't condemn you for trying something new and if it didn't work out. Right? Because what are they going to say? The first thing they might say is, what did you learn? What are you going to do different next time? They're not going to condemn you. Or the general population would go, yeah, I told you it wouldn't work. You know? Um, so you have to be able to, to make these changes. Right? And the last one is, when all this really gets to the, to the forefront, you have no self-trust. You have a lot of self-doubt. Right? You don't trust yourself, your ideas, your action, your skills, or your talent. Right? When you look at the super successful, again, it's that paradox that we get that we, we worship that kind of confidence and that kind of oomph or whatever you want to call it. Right? And yet, we don't want to be considered arrogant. Right? So, because if you want to get to that level, like the idea of 
or having a great new idea, I wonder, and I, I've heard him talk. It was it's somewhere, it's on a YouTube, you can look it up, where Elon Musk talks about how many people he alienated when he started PayPal, right? Because why do you want to do that? We have banks, they run credit cards, da, da, da. And he goes, yeah, but all my friends in small business, basically they're getting raped by the banks, right? Da, 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 da. So he started PayPal. Everybody told him what a failure it would be. And that was his idea. He held true to the idea. He didn't care what anybody else said. Yeah, well, and I remember one of his talks, he kind of said, yeah, but I read a thing when you're getting this started, the head of Bank of America and Citigroup thought it was a stupid idea. And he went, duh, of course they're going to think it's a stupid idea, you know, but I, you know, so, and he took the actions and it wasn't as successful as he wanted at first, things like that. So, so you don't trust yourself. You have self-doubt, right? Um, and again, this is based on all those previous issues that we talked about, right? And media and people around you can in, implant it easily. Are you sure? Just that one statement, are you sure? Well, can, in, can install self-doubt in people left and right. You know, we teach this in the, I teach it in the master NLP to mess with people, right? So you got a client going, I don't know, you know, I, I think I'll wait. Are you sure? And just by doing that, it makes most of us go inside. And if they have true, if they're really strong internally, they'll go, yep, I'm pretty sure. And they'll go, but most people go, hmm, I'm not, uh, let me think about it, you know? And again, you know, they do it all the time, you know? So this is what we want to get to. And so we have some internal work to do over the next through couple of weeks. I love this slide, right? Um, uh, which is how do you develop true self-confidence, right? How do you develop that true self-forgiveness so you can let go, let go of the things you need to let go of? And then you can begin, to, and part of this builds on the idea of building better associations, associates, you know, either in real time, you know, if there's people you can hang out with, or virtually. Because again, as Maxwell Maltz pointed out, now we know it's true because your mind really doesn't know the difference between a real or a vividly imagined event. So if you can have a meeting with, you know, Joe Vitale and Elon Musk and, uh, and uh, Tony Robbins, tell them about your new idea. If you could do that in your mind, your brain doesn't know it really didn't happen, you know? And so would you rather take advice from a, you know, a Tony Robbins? guy that runs several multi-billion dollar corporations and he's the number one world's top uh, self-development expert or your cousin Joe, you know, who lives in a trailer. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. And, you know, hates his job, hates his wife, hates everything in his life, right? But he'll give you advice. Hmm? Or, so it's, it's actually, you can build better associates, right? Associations in the real world or virtually, right? And again, you kind of see this happen naturally. Those of you that are uh, listening, uh, when you, if you go to hypnosis conferences, one reason I tell everybody to go to hypnosis conferences or NLP conferences, but most of them are hypnosis conferences, um, you'll see the super successful people hanging out with each other. And it's not that they exclude other people, it's people self-select out. You know, if they approach them, they're sure, come on in, they'll talk, you know, da, 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 right? 
but they may be afraid to. And again, this goes back to no self-confidence. They're going to self-sabotage. What are they going to say if I, you know, walk up and start a conversation, right? So that's the internal work we're going to do on the next few weeks on these Wednesdays at noon. Um, so I'd like to thank you. I'm Dr. Will Horton. As I say, the world's top NLP trainer. I'm an addiction expert. I'm a writer, actor, and producer, um, and a coach of excellence. Uh, so stay on here. I'm going to stop the recording. Next week, which is the 27th of January, uh, at noon, U.S. Eastern, we'll, we'll talk about the next level. Come on.